Hey dreamers, this is your host Barry Miracle. Welcome to Wake Up Into Your Dream. It's time to wake up out of the nightmares of normality and wake up into God's divinely designed dream for your life. Jump on this podcast today and let's discover God's awesomeness waiting for you. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wake Up Into Your Dream. This is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, and I have brought in again another specialist dream coach for you today that is going to enlighten you and revelate with us today to bring us into greater levels of understanding kingdom dynamics, the kingdom of God, how it works, and it works through covenants. And we need to know that we are in a brand new covenant. And I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures for you today. Are you ready for the word of God today? That's where you say yes and amen. I don't care if you're driving or what you're doing. You're going to say yes and amen to this because this is awesome. <laughs> anyway, yes and amen. Amen. <laughs> so here we go. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him that's capitalized, made him, for he capitalized, made him capitalized. So God the Father made God the Son, who knew no sin to be sin for us. I mean, the implications, I don't know if Dean wants to even comment about that when we start off here in a minute, but I don't know if anybody understands the depth of the payment of the, the blood body soul and spiritual sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross being separated from the father and becoming sin. I mean, I don't know guys, if you got that or not. I, I remember I talking about you, uh, talking to you guys about this a few weeks ago, how that Jesus Christ himself became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The price has been paid, and we can enter into this new covenant in Christ Jesus. And here's another one, a beautiful one in the same chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say, say this, I am in Christ right in now. Christ. In Christ is a place. In Christ is not just a a theology, a doctrine, or a potential. It is actually a place that we are seated in right now. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say, I am a new creation. Old mm -hmm. things have passed away or perished. Old things have perished. They're no more. Uh, passed away. They're gone. Behold, all things have become brand spanking new. Are you living the new covenant life? Are you living as one that is brand new? Because you are a spirit, you live in a body, and you possess a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The Bible says a man does not consist of the things that he possesses. So we possess our feelings. We possess our education. We possess our history. We possess these things that we, we have in our lives. We possess our souls. Our souls don't possess us. So how do we live? out of our born again, born from heaven, born of the spirit, born, born from above. How do we live from that place day to day will determine your victory here on the earth. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Third John 2, if our souls, that's our minds, our wills, and our emotions that we possess, 
Don't let your feelings possess you. No matter what you're going through, you are being trained. Your mind is being washed by the water of the wa uh, word of God, the washing of the water of the word of God. Your mind is being transformed. Your transformed mind with your reformed spirit brings restored lives, yours, your body, and your spheres of influence. But anyway, I hope you got jazzed on those scriptures like I just about got intoxicated by. But uh, Dean Briggs, thank you so much for being uh, part of the podcast over the last two weeks. Now we're on week three together. Thank you. I know you're a busy man. You got kids, you got a wife, you got a ministry, you got an itinerant ministry. You're, you're on leadership at, at IHOP in Kansas City, who our buddy Art Luce said if he could live anywhere in America, he would live in Kansas City. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to speak to Dorothy. I think he would have a hard time giving up the mountains and, and rivers and lakes of Kelowna, but yeah. but I, I, I would welcome him for sure. Well, that makes one of us. No, I'm just <laughs> Barry, I love if you. If you're Thank listening, you Art, I love on. you anyway. What's Thank, that? I said, I love you. Thank you for letting me be on. Oh, you're, are you kidding me? My pleasure, my honor. Uh, yeah. So two weeks ago, we did dismantling karmic Christianity and not just living out of, you know, earn, deserve and, and coming out from underneath that orphan spirit and becoming a true son and daughter of God and living uh, the kingdom life and the new covenant life. And then uh, the next week was um, eradicating, last week was eradicating old covenant systematic strongholds. That's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Eradicating old covenant systematic strongholds. And when we were talking earlier, you said, and I said, so what is the main thing that you think uh, you need to bring across to the people today that are listening? And you said that we cannot disciple and become new covenant believers by teaching mosaic law and that was exactly that's 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 a mouthful there as well yeah let, let, the, let me let me just yeah, add yeah. to that yeah, we no. we actually uh my my big focal point if i could boil it down to one statement it is we cannot be new creations under an old covenant Come and on, yet whoa, we have whoa. been decide what <laughs> No, you need to say that again. That is a, that's a chunk right there that they're going to take away. Say that we again. cannot be new creations under an old covenant. <sighs> and, and, and yet for hundreds of years, hundreds. most of our discipleship in the church has been trying to raise Jesus followers by discipling them under Moses. Whoa. And it just doesn't work. No, they are two distinct covenants with two distinct outcomes. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the new covenant. The old covenant would have been sufficient. Exactly. If the old covenant could have produced the righteousness that God had in mind, if it could have produced the relationship and restoration with humanity that God had in mind, right. then Jesus was unnecessary. His death on the cross was unnecessary. His resurrection was unnecessary. His ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was unnecessary. And all the things that that fulfilled in the typology of the old we're all unnecessary. We could just still be rolling along as, as essentially Christian Jews. Yeah. We could be, we could be uh, fully immersed in the Mosaic code and, and uh, 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 fulfilling the purpose of God in the process. That's not how it works. 
That's no. not why Jesus came. And it's not the argument Paul makes over and over and over again. Once you enter the new covenant, the great temptation, the great risk is to accidentally by neglect, by bad teaching, by bad practice, and by the constant work of the enemy and the flesh to come back under the yoke of Moses. And so we teach people the language of the new creation. We read passages about the new creation, but then people try to achieve the new creation under old covenant thinking, and you can't do it. My God, my God. You know, I'm going to read another scripture. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, let's start in verse 4. And, and we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Somebody say, I'm a minister of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And then this is a scripture I want to get to. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7. But if the ministry of death, ministry of death, written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which was which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. And so basically, you know, the way I was taught back in the day when I was learning this stuff underneath a faith teacher, uh, he says the glory that Moses had compared to the glory that we have is like Moses's glory was nothing at com in comparison at all. And, and we, we're if we are ministers of the new covenant, we need to know what we are ministering. And that's why we're here today with Dean. Absolutely. You know, Barry, you, you started in 2 Corinthians 5. I'm already exploding in 10 directions because, uh, <laughs> you know, there's just so much here. You read the passage. Which verse was it? Uh, uh, where'd you start? Would you read it again? Uh, 521, for he made him who knew no sin to be, and you need to circle that. You right. need to underline that and highlight that to be sin for us. So, so let's just look at at, at three verses in Second yeah. Corinthians five. The one you said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, yeah. so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Back up to verse fourteen. For the yeah. love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this: that one died for all, therefore all have died. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. All this is from God, uh, uh, who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, uh, uh, oh, I, actually, verse 15, I meant to read that also. He died for all, that yeah. those who might live no longer live for themselves, but for him. Well, so here's the thing. We think on the cross, we, we have, when we, when we operate with an accidental habitual old covenant paradigm we diminish and, and miss some of the substance and glory of yeah. the work of the cross the sufficiency of the cross we actually think it was a band-aid that jesus applied to the problem of sin it's like you know 
this this is a perpetual problem and jesus brought a a, a better band-aid no and 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 we uh we recognize it with some of the metaphors we have so we'll say things like brother you've got to you've got to uh you've got to be crucified with christ you've got to take up your cross we've got to we we've got to get back to calvary and 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 all of those are good phrases if you approach it with a new covenant understanding but if you approach it with an old covenant understanding they actually yoke you to the wrong message the the, the problem is not how do we get to calvary it's when did we get to Calvary? Right. The problem is not how do we take up our cross? It's when was our cross taken up? Right. And, and so we have these, these illustrations out of a gospel of salvation. We'll, we'll tell people at an evangelistic rally, hey, here's what Jesus did for you. You were scheduled for death. You are a criminal at heart. You are a sinner born into a, a, a life of condemnation worthy of, of of death and in the electric chair when you are about to receive your just reward the penalty of your sin the wages of sin is death right as the judge was about to throw the switch and you were to die a man steps out of the shadows and says i'll take his place i'll i'll die in his place and and that man sits down and you go free and we make the point, that's what Jesus did for us. Well, that's half true. Right. Or I should say wow. it's all true, but it's only half the truth. Yeah. Jesus now, Gene, didn't Gene Briggs, just... What? Gene Briggs, now for the rest of the story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now for the rest of the story. Jesus did do that as a substitute. But when we tell it in that model as satisfying the penalty of sin and for salvation only. The problem is Jesus dies in our place, but a murderer and a sinner still goes free. Wow. We escape the wow. electric chair, yeah. but to we're still back. the same person. Yeah. Come on now. What 2 Corinthians 5 says, we, we read it as Jesus died for us and we substitute that mentality of, he took our place. He died for us. No. Yes, but no. <laughs> yes, he died and. for you. Not in place of you, but wow. as you. Wow. The cross is the point in time where all of humanity was brought into Christ and died the death that we deserved in our sin. He did not deserve it, but died for us. Not so that we could escape unchanged as murderers, uh, uh, liars, adulterers, and sinners, but so that we could be brought into his death and yeah. out of his resurrection, the person that leaves the electric chair is a transformed man. It is Christ Ooh. reborn in us. Ooh. We are not a sinner any longer, but the righteousness of Christ that rises from that chair. Can I, can I even, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to share this podcast with every, uh, every enemy, every lover, every friend, every foe. You need this. This is, this is so paramount in you living the victorious new covenant life that God purchased for us. Somebody say this. It's about time that Jesus 
got what he paid for. Amazing. Somebody say that, text it, send it out. Uh, this is really important. I'm going to share a scripture to just underscore everything you just said. Yep. Found in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, but I only read the first five verses, but I got to read them all. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Verse three. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized, that that's the Greek word bapto, which means to submerge or to drown. Those that were baptized into Christ, the anointed one in his anointing, Jesus, uh, sorry, let me just read three, verse three again. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Yes. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism of death. We were buried with him. We died with him. We were buried with him. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse five is the one I wanted to get to. For if we have been united, that's the Greek word sumphotos, which means united together through the whole process. For if you were, if you have been sumphotos and together in like in the likeness of his death, certainly we also sh also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing Amen. this, knowing this, knowing this. <laughs> that the old that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin paul's language there romans 6 uh uh, uh what you were looking at in in second corinthians galatians over and over again paul uses past tense language to describe this reality for you have died to sin. Yeah. So what we do is we tell people, you've got to kill your old man. And the problem is we Continue. are resurrecting in them the expectation that that's a work they do rather than a work that was done. We enter oh, into a finished work. Yeah. You have died. Your, yeah. that, that thing has been brought to death yeah. and there is a new creation life that we receive by knowing something. It's what you just emphasized. You yeah. have to know this. Yeah, Father, I'm asking for a spirit of revelation to grip our minds. I'm asking for a spirit of revelation to transform our minds. I'm asking for an apocalypto. I'm yes. asking for a revealing, Lord God, of what has already been done for us, that we, out of a revelation, can step into the fullness of that glorious knowledge of this new life that we, has been purchased for us Amen. in Jesus' mighty name. You know, I had a heart attack in, in um, uh, five years ago, actually, yeah, coming up on five and a half years ago. And three months after I had the heart attack, the enemy came right into my washroom as I was getting ready in the morning. And he says, this general died, this world leader died, this bishop over so many people i mean he went he, he told the i've killed them they're they are they're no longer existing what makes you think you're gonna fulfill your purpose barry you're just low man on the totem wow and soon as he said that the, the, and i'm 
I'm not defaming anybody. I'm not trying to bring, I'm just saying what happened to me. And the Lord said, immediately came to me. He said, son, sometimes my servants don't make it to their full potential because they have more faith in what they're about to do than what I've already done for wow. them. Wow. Wow. And it changed everything. Wow. That's why I believe that we're even talking about what we're sharing today is because of that moment of an encounter with the Lord that changed my perspective. You know, I, you know, I can't die because I'm going to build orphanages. I'm, I can't die because I'm supposed to speak around. I can't die. Because, no, my faith is in not what I'm about to do. My faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. So I dare good. not trust the sweetest frame, but only in Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Amen. You know, Second uh, Corinthians 5, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So the question is not, how do you become the righteousness of God? It's where do you become the righteousness of God? Oh, say that again. Say that again. The question is not, how do you become the righteousness of God? It's where do you become the righteousness of God? It's not, what do you have to do? And how many things do you have to do or not do? At the end of most believers' uh, days, uh, at, at the end of the day, we wake up with an idea of, uh, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I've got to battle against. This is what I want to do. And if we fail in the area we're struggling with, we feel condemned. And we start to dig ourselves out of that hole by doing other things that make us feel good about our moral posture before God. Right. And, and at the end of the day, we either feel condemned or proud, basically. So this is the double ditch of the law. Yeah. Right. You're either going to feel condemned in your failure or proud in your success. And neither actually positions you in relationship with God. It positions you in relationship to yourself. Right. So if we want to be in the righteousness of God, we have to be in him. To be in him is to be fully immersed in his death and in his resurrection. That's where the transaction of righteousness happened. And what flows out of that comes from a posture of rest and faith in his finished work. It's why Romans 8, most believers know Romans 8. There is therefore yeah. now no condemnation oh, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, but most people don't connect the dots. If you're feeling condemned about something you just did or didn't do, that is an indicator that in that moment, your mind and heart and confidence is not in him. It, mm -hmm. It's not actually about your behavior not being in him. That's secondary. It's yeah. about the source of your confidence and trust, what you uh, what you understand to be your righteousness. There is no condemnation if you're in him. Once you get that, his righteousness flows out of you. But if you're feeling condemned, it's because your, your measuring stick is not in him. It's in yourself. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. I, if we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if we can just get this concept, and I say concept, and, and that's not even the best word. If we could get this revelation yeah. of being in Christ Jesus, that that being in God is a place. It's it's 
It's a position, yes, but it's not just a hypothetical situation that is to come. You are actually living from from this place. We need to learn how to live from this place. So, Dean, take us through. Um, you, you said you said something just phenomenal just a, a few seconds ago, maybe about a minute ago, um, that it's not how do I, it's where do I. Yeah. And so how do the we. Question, the question isn't how, it's where and when. Yeah. Uh, it, it When we are attempting to be new creations by stacking up the good things we're supposed to do and the bad things we're not supposed to do right mm. from the very beginning, right there. I am actually making the law based argument, right? The law is all about your performance and your behavior, the righteous things you're doing and the unrighteous things you are avoiding. And as soon as we say that most Christians will go, Oh, well, of course I know that. And, and, and that's not what I mean. And that's not how I want to live. And yet five minutes later, yeah. that's yeah. what we're, that, that's actually the motivation of, okay, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm feeling guilty because this person on the side of the road is asking for money and I don't really want to give them anything. And now I feel guilty and I didn't do something good and I'm doing something bad by driving past. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yet Giving is good and, sure is. and generosity is good, but that moment and that motivation doesn't actually create the goodness. Right. If it's not flowing out of the fact that your old man has been brought to death in Christ, and therefore you're living in a new frame of reference to God and to others, the righteousness that flows out of that, the works that flow out of that, have a different set of internal motivations. The one is trying to avoid condemnation or, or trying to feel satisfied that we did the right thing rather than I'm in Christ and therefore I look like him, I think like him, I act like him, and I'm moving in that, in, in that, uh, in that way. I think, Barry, a way to say this is I have a lot of respect and appreciation for the uh, you know, you remember WWJD years ago? What, I can't remember Jesus the uh, Sidney yeah. Sheldon wrote the book. What would Jesus do? I think back in the sixties or seventies yeah. and it was a revolution at the time. And then a few years later, it turned into the bracelet. And, and I appreciate the, the step, the intentionality behind that. Hey, in any situation, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Here's the problem. That is an old covenant question. Yeah, because it externalizes the spirit yeah. of God. It externalizes Christ from your reality. It is putting Jesus outside of you and saying, okay, I've got this bracelet. I don't actually know what he would do. I'm foreign to him and he's foreign to me. What would he do? Oh, okay. I'll try to do that. Yeah. I appreciate the discipleship effort, but it's yeah. one more way that we're missing the point we have been united with Christ in such a way that our spirit is one with him. Oh. The Holy of Holies no longer yeah. has a veil that separates us from him. The veil has been torn. The spirit of religion desperately tries to sew it back up again. The spirit of performance and law wants us to think that there's a magic formula of do's and don'ts to fellowship with God, to know his voice, 
and to produce his works. No, he has taken up residence within you. The veil has been brought down forever. You are the tabernacle of the spirit of God. You don't need to wear a bracelet and wonder what he's thinking. You talk to him and you live out of that reality because your old man died and you are now in his righteousness. The cross has done its work and you live forward out of that reality. Yeah. And it says here in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, but he who joined, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Right. First John 2.20. Yeah. First John 2.20 says you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So the thing is, is that we now need to innately operate as God in this realm. It's well, not what it's not even what it's not what would Jesus do? I want to put out a whole bunch of bracelets saying, what did Jesus do? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That is the, that's the answer. It's what did he do? So because he did this, this is what we need. We need an apocalypto. We need a revealing of what Jesus has done. And when we get a revelation of that, and I just pray for you listeners right now, for a revelation of what Jesus has done Amen. for you already and what he paid for and the paths that he prearranged and made ready for you to walk upon, according to Ephesians 2.10, the good paths that he called for you to walk upon. And so I just, I just pray for a spirit of revelation to understand Amen. whose you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to make a whole bunch of bracelets, Dean. Yeah. WDJD. Yeah. WDJD. You know, I know we got to wrap up this session, but you said the word innately. And I think that's such a useful word that you innately, if we are one spirit with Christ, if we are joined to him at that level, there are things that are innate now. The old covenant paradigm at work, when we try to be new creations, we don't think in terms of innate. We think in terms of foreign. We yeah. assume that righteousness is still foreign to us. We assume that right thinking and holy conduct is still foreign. Innate is a word that kind of provokes this issue because people back away from it and we think, well, no, actually, I have to surround myself with the right reminders and props. I don't know what to do. That's why I'm going to put the post-it note on. I'm going to wear the bracelet. I'm going to, you know, do the stuff to train myself because yeah. it's actually foreign to me. Yeah. No, what you're training yourself into is a right way of thinking. And the doing follows the thinking. But when we focus on the doing as the way to make it normal to us, we're back to trying to satisfy the law rather than enter into the mystery of Christ. Innate, to say something is innate and have people kind of go, oh, I'm not sure I can go there. Why? Because it pushes the boundaries of our faith. And that's the point. The old covenant did not actually require faith, Barry. It just required obedience. It required success. It required you to perform with consistency, not to believe. The new covenant, you know you're starting to touch on things if you can uh, uh, see it in the word and it provokes a faith reaction or an unbelief reaction. 
If we're actually being stirred to believe something or it's revealing unbelief, we're in the realm of the new covenant. If it is out of unbelief and we fall back to, therefore, I must do this or that, that's the that's part of the test at a practical level. That word innate is a good word. Yeah, I, I think the greatest revelation we can get in this season of our lives is how that we have become one with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Yeah. Amen. How that we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. So I'm, you know, Jesus didn't just take on sin onto his body and he became the scapegoat. Scapegoat. He actually became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is mind-boggling, ladies and gentlemen. I need you to meditate on that scripture and understand that the cost. And and you know, you won't. And you need to ask for grace to handle what he's about to reveal to you because it's mind-boggling the price that he actually paid. It's going to make you weep. It's going to make you just just be so grateful for what he has done for you. So um, and believe it believe it it's choose to believe it yes say this i am a believer i'm not a doubter or a critic i'm a believer i believe in in what jesus did for me i believe in the love of the father that his love is way beyond anything that we can ask or think uh dean just before we uh end this podcast today is there any uh uh finishing thoughts you can wrap this up in a pretty bow or Um, No, you know, we'll carry it. If we do another session, we'll carry it into that. I just, I just want people uh, to, to get the the framework. You cannot be a new creation under the old covenant. And yet most of us are banging our head against the wall, exhausted, weary, and worn out because we're aspiring to new covenant promises with old covenant paradigms. And these aren't meant to be mixed a little bit. It's not like, well, let's be 80% new covenant, but we need the safety net of 20% law. Now, the moment you mix it, it's not the new covenant at all. It's only the old covenant. And there is a generation coming, Barry, that is actually going to cross that river Jordan. The promised land is a promised man. We are going to move by faith. The, the, the generations of unbelief in our own souls are going yeah. to come to an end. And Amen. we are going to say, I would rather die entering the land than live in unbelief outside the promise. We're going to move in and possess this at a level that the earth has never witnessed. And it's going to, it's part of the great outpouring of the spirit, the signs and wonders, the reformation of society and the revival that will sweep the planet. When we press into the fullness yes. of the new covenant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. So Christianity is not doing. Christianity is being. Yes. So we're not doo-doo birds. We're BB <laughs> kings. <laughs> That's awesome. You're not a doo-doo bird. You're a BB king. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, we love you so much. And Father God, I thank you. I bless Dean. and. Thank you, um, Uh, I thank you for what he shared with us today. And Father God, we thank you for these listeners, Lord God, that are becoming transformed in their minds, reformed in their spirits, Lord God. And now, Lord God, with the reformed spirit possessing a transformed mind, being able to restore their bodies, their families, and their spheres of influence in Jesus' mighty name. So just before we go, Dean, how can people get a hold of you and... And yeah. where can they go to sow a magnificent, huge seed into your ministry? You know, deanbriggs.com slash courses. 
If you go to deanbriggs.com slash courses, you'll see I have five, I call them apostolic foundations. The first three are done. And I start where I think the essential beginning is. It's exactly what you and I are talking about, Barry, the total superiority of the new covenant. Uh, uh, Course two is on the, the power of our new creation life. But course two is course two for a reason. You can't do that unless you get your foundations in the new covenant right. So if you go to course, uh, deanbriggs.com slash courses, uh, uh, get one of those courses, start to go deep in this. They, the, uh, we're, Barry and I are given appetizers. They're, th- those courses are full meals. And mm-hmm. so that, uh, that'll revolutionize your thinking and your walk with the Lord. Uh, if people want to give a gift, they can give it at uh, paypal.me, paypal.me slash Dean Briggs Ministries. Awesome. Okay, guys, uh, we I believe, Dean, do you think you got it one more in you? I got it, man. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to do one more next week. So make sure you listen to this one a couple of times because we're going to go and go a little deeper next week on this, this podcast called Wake Up Into Your Dream. And it's time for you to wake up out of the nightmare of normality and wake up into the dream of God for your life. So until next week, Barry Miracle signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks again for joining us today on Wake Up Into Your Dream. My great friend Tony Fitzgerald would say, you have two great days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discovered why. In these podcasts, I'm hoping this is true, that you are having aha moments and great moments of getting introduced to the true you because your whole world is waiting for the authentic you to show up. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please go to www.barrymiracle.ca. You can check out my book, Wake Up Into Your Dream. You can connect. You can see where we're going to be live in the future. And uh, you can just connect with us there. But this is Barry Miracle, your dream coach, signing off for now. We'll talk to you next week.